So we are going to look at three reasons why it is important for us to follow this command to offer hospitality today. And I think each reason flows from the other. Because before we can reach that godly command of loving strangers, I think we first need a bit of heart, self-examination. Then we look to our church family for role modeling and encouragement. And then we have our hearts stirred towards looking out into the wider community. Hospitality has the heart at the heart of it. So firstly, Christian hospitality opens both heart and home. Because the hospitality that Peter is commending does not require a spotless house, a master chef menu, or a perfect host. Which on the one hand is incredibly liberating, but it's also quite challenging, as our typical entertainment so often forces us to pull out all the stops and actually make a hospitality opportunity both stressful for us and our guests. So we've slaved for hours to tidy the house because it was a tip. We spent an entire day shopping and cooking. And actually, you open the door with a smile on your face, feeling really frazzled and mindful of the washing up pile that's going to appear at the end of it. Meanwhile, our guests are just delightfully enthusiastic about our fantastic fare. Meanwhile, panicking inside, thinking they're coming back to me in two weeks' time and it's not going to match this. Now, perhaps that is a little extreme. But the reality is we can get too wrapped up in the house and not the heart, the food and not the people. And we can let pride take the love and service out of hospitality. And as a result, we tend to open up our homes and hearts less frequently than we could. It's a long-standing story in our house, and it's a bit of a confession for me, but 20 years ago, I hosted my first Christmas lunch. You can probably all remember the first one that you cooked. Um, and it was a huge opportunity that was missed. We had many non-Christian family members together. It was the first time they were all together, and they actually haven't been together since as that group, and some have since passed away. Some were feeling a little unwell with winter bugs, so perhaps not as festive as they could have been. But it was Christmas. What greater missional opportunity did I have to practice godly hospitality, share Christ's love to those yet to come to faith, and care for those feeling unwell? And yet somehow it didn't go that way. Because I was purely focused on the food. I was highly stressed about serving my first Christmas lunch to those who had cooked it many times over, uh, including my beloved mother-in-law, who is a delight. Finally, it got, she is. Finally, it got to 10 o'clock, and I actually snuck into the garage in our house, and I'm phoning my mom and telling her what a dreadful day I had had. It had been just horrendous. I had served two very well-thought-out meals. I'd tidied the house and put everything away. But I had been so wrapped up in that culinary extravaganza that I'd spent very little time talking to the people gathered in my house. I'd begrudged those who hadn't mucked in, not appreciating how lousy they felt. Could I have got it any more wrong? There was plenty of pride and resentment on the menu that Christmas, but very little love on Christian hospitality. Christian hospitality is not simply a talent, and it's not self-serving. It's a command of God to all, to love and serve others, and it's a gift of the Holy Spirit. Now, I do think some are blessed with the gift of hospitality more than others, and I'm sure we know people who use this gift naturally and generously to bless us. 
And I also think we can go through seasons of hospitality. There are times in our lives when it's as much of a struggle to put a semblance on a meal on our own table, let alone host others. There are times when we need to give to others and can, and there are times when we need to receive. So I don't think we have to allow guilt to creep in here. But we are all called to open our hearts to God's purposes for hospitality and his provision of all that we need to offer it in the ways that he calls us to. How liberating would it then be to recognize the gifts of our homes, the food we have, the people we know, and to offer them all to the Lord saying, your will be done. And then the morning trip to the coffee shop with friends or colleagues can become an opportunity for Christian hospitality as much as a weekend of 24-7 catering of three-course meals. We can all be involved in Christian hospitality, but we need to open up our hearts to the frequent and often simple possibilities that God places before us. So I think tonight's verse gives us firstly the opportunity to connect with God and explore how open are our hearts to godly hospitality. What gets in the way? Is it the fear of not living up to the standards of others? Perhaps it's relationship challenges, those people that we know we should be reaching out to, but perhaps find difficult. Is it the pressures of our own lives, and sometimes self-inflicted, that give us little time to open up our hearts and homes to others? So let's first open up ourselves to God and let him then open up our hearts to the opportunities to bless others with hospitality in the knowledge that he will enable and equip us to do so. Hospitality opens hearts and home. Secondly, hospitality is at the heart of the Christian community. Peter here was writing to numerous Christian communities, but in Acts chapter 2, pages, uh, chapter verses 42 to 47, we read of the first post-Pentecost Christian community, and it's a beautiful picture. So this is page 1094, Acts chapter 2, 42 to 47. I'm just going to read it out. Occasionally, They spent some time listening to the apostles' teaching. And when they could, they met for fellowship and the breaking of bread and for prayer. Awe came upon some of them. However, there was an absence of signs and wonders. All who believed were separated into groups and kept themselves apart in all they did. They would hoard their possessions and goods and show indifference to all who had any need. Day by day, they went about their own lives as individuals, only meeting weekly or fortnightly in the temple. They broke bed at home alone and ate their food with cold and empty hearts, giving token thanks to God and having the contempt of all the people. And day by day, their numbers dwindled and it seemed that few were being saved. Sorry, I read the wrong version. Any of you who've done the Growing Leaders course will be familiar with that. But isn't that just so powerful of showing what happens when we offer hospitality with our open hearts? Let's try again. I want to start with verses 42 to 45. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship, to the breaking of bread and to prayer. All the believers were together and had everything in common. They sold property and possessions to give to anyone who had need. Actually, there's not much I can say about this, having heard from Steve and Kareem. Um, That is 
hospitality, practical loving care as of this in action. And for Christians, eating together has been a central practice since Jesus shared the Passover supper with his disciples and commanded them to eat and drink in remembrance of him. Because when we share communion, we come together as a body, eating sacramentally as we express our love and thanks to Jesus for the outpouring of his life that we might live as children of God. And see that the believers ensure that no one, no one was in need. Everything was shared. And we can minister to each other with hospitality just as these first believers did. I wonder if anybody here has had meals ministry as part of Holy Trinity. I remember, wow, it's a good number. Um, it was just after the birth of B, third child, 12 years ago. Um, and I can't tell you what it's like when the doorbell rings and somebody stands there with this plate of warm, delicious, nutritious food. How so much love and care can be placed in one dish. And I've also been speaking to Denise this week. Denise has got builders in her house. It's currently being turned upside down. Two church families offered Denise and her family their homes while they've been away on holiday to give the Stollery family some dust-free space and just enable the builders to crack on. How blessed we are to be part of a loving and generous community who share with those in need. And perhaps tonight will prompt you to give thanks for a Christian brother or sister who has blessed you with hospitality when you needed it. And the passage continues. Every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes and ate together with glad and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favor of all the people. And the Lord added daily to their number those who were being saved. So we've talked about sacramental eating through communion, but here we read of those first believers eating missionally together to express love for each other as brothers and sisters, but also for all people. And what happens in response to missional eating? The Lord added daily to their number those who were being saved. So here's the third reason why we should follow Peter's command to hospita offer hospitality to each other. Hospitality opens hearts to Christ. If we think of some of the outreach ministries here at HTC, they all involve food. Alpha starts with a meal. Connections, toddler's praise, homemade cakes and coffee. Go to the well, you can get a toasty. I've seen people come on the Alpha course and one of the things that blows them away is being served a delicious meal by people who don't even know them. It literally overwhelms them when they watch somebody come off the train from Claygate, still in work attire, don an apron, and lovingly serve them a meal. They see in practice what it means to be a distinctive daily disciple, willing to care for and serve strangers. And it really starts to open hearts to Christ. Why would this person do this for me? What is it about Jesus that makes someone so kind and giving? Christian hospitality is radical and has missional traction. This is a great little read. It's even got big print. You can get it done nice and quickly, but it's fantastic. It's called Surprise the World by Michael Frost. And in it, he shares the five habits of highly missional people. Eating with others is the second habit. 
He challenges us to intentionally eat with three people a week, one of whom at least is not a Christian. He quotes from another book called Right Here, Right Now, and it says this, Missional hospitality is a tremendous opportunity to extend the kingdom of God. If every Christian household regularly invited a stranger or a needy person into their home for a meal once a week, we would literally change the world by eating. Jesus changed lives by eating with people. Because when he shared food with them, he valued and loved them, and they opened their hearts to him. Conversion followed communion. Now, we can all be distinctive and proactive in this hospitality mission. The question for each one of us is, to whom should we offer that hospitality? And that's something for us all to think about. That could be friends. It could be family members, neighbors, work colleagues. It's quite simply, though, it's people in need, people we don't even know. And it doesn't even have to be anything fancy. If I go back to chocolate and coffee, it's as simple as sharing the second finger of your Twix with the hungry person on the train next to you. It might be buying two cappuccinos and you take one into the office and give it to somebody. It might be really missional and intentional. It might be about opening your house to a group of Christians and non-Christian friends having a bring and share supper. It might be coming to serve on that Alpha Supper. It might be about building up the church community by offering meals ministry. Whatever it is, we can all be involved in offering hospitality to those who need it, wherever we are and however gifted we feel to do it. I spent quite a bit of time recently with a friend of mine who suffers from anxiety and she lives on her own. And for both of those reasons, it means that meal times bring very little pleasure. She often gets through the day on a few cans of Coke. She knows I'm a Christian and that I pray for her. But what I've started to do is intentionally schedule my visit times around something that could be construed as a meal time. Now, that might be really simple stuff. It might be about taking a bag of crisps and a dip one evening and just sitting with her. It might be an ice cream on a sunny afternoon in her garden. But last week, I was in a bit of a rush to get over, opened the fridge, leftover pasta salad, and a few berries in a bowl. I thought, right, I'll take those with me. I can't tell you what I saw. I watched her gain so much pleasure from eating nutritious food. She's literally not looking after herself in that way. She enjoyed it so much, she asked me if I could have, offer the recipe for her so that she could make a dish for herself, a big dish, so that maybe she could eat a little bit each day. She wanted to start to look after herself a bit more. She had felt loved, and she just started to dare to love herself a bit. But whatever the food has been, our times together have always created a little bit of communion, a chance to talk openly, and Jesus has always been at the table with us. Little by little, a spoonful at a time, she is opening her heart to the possibility that God loves her. I keep praying and we keep eating. Let's just conclude with those final two words for tonight. How should we practice hospitality? The passage says without grumbling, which comes back to the heart and having the right attitude. And for me, that means three things. Offering it prayerfully. 
offering each and every day to God, letting him point us to the people to whom we could offer simple hospitality. And when those opportunities arise, inviting him to the table too, to guide conversations and open hearts. It means offering it graciously, not counting the cost, not begrudging the time, not expecting a return date, but in the response to the daily bread that we receive from the Lord. And thirdly, it means offering it imperfectly. Hooray! Not seeking perfection, releasing ourselves from that trap, but just serving from the heart. In Matthew 25, Jesus talks about what will happen when he returns. He will dine in the eternal kingdom with those who fed him, quenched his thirst, cared for him and clothed him, saying, whatever you did for the least of these brothers and sisters, you did for me. As we wait for that day, we are to offer a taste of the kingdom of heaven to all on earth through opening up our hearts and homes in order to share God's transforming love, to build each other up as a Christian community through the gift of hospitality, and to invite the Lord into those hospitality opportunities he offers us so that lives can be saved. We have the most amazing gift to share with others, the gift of a relationship with God through Jesus. And we can share this simply, but powerfully, by offering hospitality. And God, in his wisdom, has literally given us thousands of opportunities on a plate. Let's pray that tomorrow's coffee, a midweek lunch break, or a weekend supper might have a sprinkling of the gospel. Amen.